Hello, dear listener, and welcome to Rails with Jason. This episode is a little bit of a different one. I'm trying out a new format where I just have a solo episode. It's just me delivering some educational stuff instead of having a guest. So I'm going to do at least one like this and see how we like it. Let me know if you like this episode. Send me an email at jason at codewithjason.com or get a hold of me on Twitter. I'm Jason Sweat on Twitter, S-W-E-T-T. Okay, so here's what I'm going to talk about today. I'm going to talk about how to write a test when the implementation is not obvious. And this happens to me a certain amount. It still happens to me now, even though I've been writing tests for a super long time. And I'm sure it happens to you too if you write tests. So maybe you've been writing a feature on occasion and either you're writing the test first or you're doing the test after. But in any case, you sit down to write the test and you're like, I don't know how to write the test for this. It's really not obvious. And you just like don't even know where to start. It happens to me. Happens to everybody, I think. So how do you get past it? Well, I have a super easy way to get past it. Even though I find myself in this situation sometimes, I never get stuck there because I use this like playbook to, to get past it. So here's what I do. Just like any other programming problem that seems intractable, the solution is to break up that programming problem into smaller parts. So here's the parts. Um, first is, at least these are the, these are the parts that I break it down into. First, I ask myself, well, what file does this even go in? What test, what file does this test go in? Because that's like the most basic, easiest question. And sometimes I don't even have that answered. If I don't even know what file I'm going to put it in, then like, I shouldn't even try to think of anything else yet. Because let's get that out of the way. And so that's the first thing I'll do. And in this step, I give myself permission to be wrong because it's a really easy decision to undo. If I pick the wrong file, I can really easily just rename it or whatever. So that's the first thing. Then once I have the file, I will add some boilerplate. You know, for an RSpec test, I will need certain stuff. I want that pound sign frozen string literal two at the top wait frozen string little frozen string literal true that's what i want at the top and then i'll have the like the uh, require r spec or whatever r spec dot describe blah 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 all that stuff i'll usually just copy that from some other test so i have the shell of my test i'm about to write because obviously the shell is going to be the same every time, no matter what. So might as well just get that out of the way. Okay, now now that we have these two steps out of the way, we have some momentum going, and that's useful. The next step is where it gets slightly more difficult. The next step is what the test actually does. When you're writing a test... You're kind of doing two things at once, whether or not you realize it. You are deciding what the test should do, but also you're taking that like abstract high level, what should the test do, 
and you're converting it into code. I'm sure a million times, if you've written like capybara tests for any amount of time, you have to look up the capybara syntax once in a while because it's like, how do I check to see if a checkbox is checked? I don't remember. It's a separate thing from saying, I want to check and see if the checkbox is checked. That's conceptually pretty easy. And then separately, you also need to know the syntax for it. And so when we mix those two jobs together, which a lot of time is fine, when we mix those two jobs together, it's like more than twice as hard. Uh, especially if like you don't even consciously realize that you're doing these two jobs and that's where you're getting hung up and you don't realize that that's where you're getting hung up. Anyway, here's how I deal with that. I will say, what do I want this test to do? And I will put in comments that describe each step. So for example, let's say I'm building a UI to create an appointment for a patient at a medical clinic. I will put a comment that says, visit the appointment page. Next comment, click the new appointment button. Next comment, fill out the time, put in the patient name, uh, click the save button, and then I want to verify that there's something on the page that tells us that that appointment was successfully created. So, you know, I don't know how many steps that was. Maybe that was eight steps or something like that. Then I'll have this test laid out. I have the conceptual portion of it done. And now I can be free to forget that and just focus 100% now on converting those conceptual steps into code. So I'll go down that list. You know, number one, visit the appointment page. I'm not going to go through all these because that would be tedious, but you can imagine, just convert each one into the syntax. And I will actually, I won't wait until I've converted all of them to run my test. I will convert the first one, run my test. Convert the second one, run the test. That's because a large portion of the time I make a mistake somewhere. And if I make a mistake, I'd rather discover it and correct it before I move on to the next step than discover all the mistakes at the end. So that's what I do. And again, that gets me past this problem pretty much all the time. It works great. I never get stuck on this issue because I have that playbook to get past it. So that's the end of this little le le <laughs> that's the end of this little lesson. I could edit that out, but I'm not gonna. Um, I want to leave you with two resources that you can use where you can where you can um, learn more about this little lesson here. So one is a blog post I wrote which shares a title with this podcast episode. It's just how to write a test when the implementation isn't obvious. And if you just Google that phrase, how to write a test when the implementation isn't obvious, you'll find my blog post. Um, but I'll also put it in the show notes, of course. And then my other resource I want to share with you is my book, Rails Testing for Beginners. And you can just Google, again, Rails Testing for Beginners should be the first thing that comes up. Obviously, the blog post is free and the book costs money. So if you want a free resource, check out that blog post. And then you can 
As always, go to codewithjason.com and find all my Rails testing tips, all my general Rails tips, articles, videos, all that kind of stuff. Thanks for listening, and I will see you next time.